This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, as part of our Town Hall series in partnership with the Washington Indivisible Network and Indivisible Tacoma, we present a conversation with Puyallup Mayor Julie Dorr, who is running for state Senate in the 25th Legislative District. This conversation was recorded live on the evening of Wednesday, September 9th. Julie Dorr was elected mayor of Puyallup earlier this year by the city council. Previously, she was a member of the city council starting in 2013. She is running for state senate in the 25th LD. This is a district that includes Puyallup and the surrounding areas in Pierce County. Mayor Dorr, hello. How are you? Welcome tonight. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you. And I just want to start by talking about the wildfires now that are spreading across the state, uh, including in Pierce County, where you are. Um, I should also mention that you are an ex-officio member of Central Pierce Fire and Rescue. What is the current status of the fires in and around your area right now? I do not know if the Tiffany's fire is still burning, but we had that is not a wildfire. That was an electrical fire. Um, we've had several brush fires. There's house fires in Pierce County, but they're being sparked from ashes and things that are blowing in. The Tiffany's fire wasn't like, they believe it was an electrical one. Um, So I haven't heard any updates as to any active burning fires at this moment. The fire crews have been working round the clock for a couple of days now, and they are only allowed to work a 72-hour shift by law, but they um, have been working together and providing mutual aid. We've had, at our fire here in Puyallup, there was people from South King County coming in, Ording came in. So they're they're making it work. At one point yesterday, there was no fire units available in Pierce County. Every one of them was out. And they had to call, they did call in some extra crews um, to supplement and you know, give some relief to these firefighters. Yeah, I mean, it's just an extraordinary situation right now. And I'm just curious to get your thoughts. I mean, wildfires here, in the state are just getting worse and worse. They are, and they we didn't used to see them on this side of the mountain. Um, it was an Eastern Washington thing. A few years ago, there was a big wildfire south of us that Central Pierce was on, and it, those things just don't happen. But we are seeing, you know, I think it relates back to climate change, even things as far as Tiffany's. That was electrical, but one of the things I have learned through my time on the fire board is that the drier things are, wood absorbs moisture. These, our structures are, they will absorb moisture, which helps to prevent some of these fires. But when the buildings are so dried out, when we have, we have these, you know, hot, dry days and there's no moisture, the buildings are more susceptible to fire. And so that definitely is a result of climate change. They would have been, it, you know, years ago, they would have been in a better shape to withstand some of these sparks and some of the things that are um, causing them now. I'm wondering what you would like in terms of the wildfires in and around Pierce County, what you would like to do at the legislative level to combat this in the future? So there's a lot of things that we can do there. Um, investing in clean energy and energy efficiency can and should be part of the recovery from the economic fallout from this pandemic. But in addition, the legislature needs to dedicate some funds to wildlife prevention. Currently, the state um, has to try to find money every every year when this happens. We have to try to, the state is trying to find a way. They're reactive, not proactive. There needs to be some dedicated investments 
so that these fires don't get as big and out of control. Um, I'm no forestry expert, but I do know that there's more the state could be doing to prevent, promote healthier forests and help keep the parts of the state most at risk from wildfires. Well, I do know that you're showing leadership on this issue as mayor of Puyallup. Um, I'm curious generally how you feel your years of municipal leadership will inform your work as a state legislator. I think it's invaluable. I am really grateful that I chose this path. The cities are, they are the backbones of our, of our communities. They are where local level is where decisions make that impact your everyday lives. But it, having that having that knowledge and understanding the needs of cities and how things work will enable me to be a better advocate at um, in the state legislature. I have the understanding of grants and how they they're applied for, how they're affected, how funding works, how the needs of cities. So then the, the state has direct impact on that. So I think that that knowledge is was a building block and it makes me uniquely qualified to serve in the legislature because I have that, I have seven years experience at the local level. Well, related to that, uh, I'd like to bring in the pandemic and kind of talk about the economic recovery around that because uh, bringing your experience uh, as mayor, you have a plan to help small businesses in your district that have been hit by the pandemic. I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. So what we've done so far the first thing I did when I with the pandemic was obviously attend a lot of briefings from every level of government and advocate for PPE and making sure that everybody had what they needed to be safe. And then I went to work with our small businesses. They are you know, still um, having negative impacts from the pandemic. Started with a very simple orange cone program so that people could drive through town and they saw the orange traffic cone at the business, they knew they were available for takeout or they had some kind of option that they were still operating the business. I met with the Puyallup Main Street Association and several of the business owners and I took our economic development director with me. And we, from that meeting, we decided to launch a Choose Puyallup website and social media campaign, which kept people up to date and they were able to figure out how they could support these businesses. The most recent thing that I did was advocate and pass uh, ordinance that we can permit street closures and it allows them to extend, bend, I'm sorry, extend their footprint out into the streets. So we had, they closed the street and we had picnic tables and then you could order from the restaurants, but then you can be socially distanced out in the street and that helped support the restaurants. It, they had, they do have the ability to have pop-up tents and things like that when we close those streets to help, help keep them operational as much as possible. Well, growing all this to scale, you say on your website that part of the solution is investing in infrastructure. What infrastructure specifically? All kinds of things, transit and um, roads and things like that, it's going to be part of the solution because it's going to create jobs. We need to create the jobs. And there's definitely work there to do. Well, I will just ask you this. I know that Pierce County consistently gets less money for infrastructure than King County. And infrastructure dollars may be in short supply because of I-976, among other things, uh, and the pandemic. How are you going to work to secure infrastructure funding for the 25th? Well, unlike my opponent, I'll be focusing on what Pierce County needs what I have seen is the Republican Party has been obsessing with Seattle. We need to 
find um, Pierce County solutions to Pierce County problems. We need more Pierce County votes and pushing for those priorities. I think that that is the, the key difference here. And, and that's where that ties back into my time as mayor, understanding the needs of this district under like I said, transportation and roads um, and investments in clean energy. I mean, there's there all of those are infrastructure needs that we need to be advocating for. And had I just went straight to Olympia, I may not have that understanding of the detailed understanding of those issues that I have now, which will allow me to be a better advocate and advocate for Pierce County. I also want to talk about healthcare and bring that into the discussion vis-a-vis uh, -vis the pandemic. And I'm curious how you would like to increase access to affordable coverage for all Washingtonians. And specifically, how does your approach differ to that of your opponent? So thousands of Washington residents are struggling with the cost of health care. And especially now during this COVID pandemic, people have lost their jobs, they're losing health care. And it's not right. Healthcare is a human right. Everyone deserves access to high quality care. And I do support expanding healthcare access to all people of Washington and ensuring that our hospitals and healthcare workers have the resources that they need to be able to meet the patient care demands. I'll be interested to see the rollout of the Cascade Care. Washington, you know, that's Washington's new public option. There's been some complications with the implementation, but I do think it's critical that we find more ways the state can help folks access the care they need. And my opponent has not offered any meaningful solutions to our healthcare crisis, and in fact voted against enshrining protections from discrimination based on pre-existing conditions, lifetime limits on insurance coverage, and other aspects of the Affordable Care Act into state law. I clearly have a different view of that and would be advocating in a different manner. <laughs> Related to all this is the opioid crisis. And I know that during your time on the city council, you served on the opioid task force. What are some ways that you have worked to combat the opioid crisis? And how would you bring that experience to the legislature? That is a huge issue. Um, and it's a really sad issue. I've worked on the prevention and education portion of that. The opioid crisis has unfolded. And the thing that people... A lot of people want to have some judgment on that crisis. It affects every demographic and from the very rich to the very poor. Um, some, of the, some of that results in homelessness, but not all of it. So you know, people that still have their family structures in place. So I think one of the things we have to do is just take the stigma out of the, out of the crisis because it doesn't do any good. It does not help solve it. We need... If we want to address the opioid crisis, and in my opinion, is one of the, the, the aspects of homelessness, one of the causes, we have, to, we have to be more accepting and we have to find treatment options and fund those options. It's not a crisis and it, it's an ugly disease. And it is it just tears people down. And it's not something that people can, a lot of people will say, just get a job. When you, when people are hooked on opioids, when they're addicted to opioids, they are not capable. They're not capable of getting a job. We have to work and support them through a recovery process to get them back on the road to having a more productive life for themselves. Um, and I think that those, those are some really big lessons when you 
get into that work, understanding the impacts everywhere. And the judgment, the judgment is doing no good. It's not helping anybody. We need to come together as society and address that problem. I think another area that is stigmatized as well that you're an advocate for is is mental health. Um, can you talk a little bit about the scope of that problem and and what you feel we can be doing as a state? So the state stopped funding mental health in the Great Recession, uh, and we're seeing the impacts of that. And again, so what I have always said, you know, we see homelessness. That's a visible problem, but to me, that is. That's the problem, but it's not the, the solution is dealing with the, the causes. And the mental, mental health is a significant cause of homelessness. And I've been out, I've spent a lot of time working on this. Uh, I've been out with our community outreach officer. I've been out with the PATH team. I went out with the rescue mission. I've been to the New Hope Resource Center. I've been to patient, not patient, constituent advocacy, the, listening to their concerns, but the solution, whether, no matter what your opinion on it is, that's a symptom. The solution is still the same. And until we, until we address mental health issues, we will not solve homelessness. I do not believe that. So with this pandemic, we're seeing, I am really concerned about mental health issues because we're seeing it not only in our in that population, but across the board, people are really struggling right now. And without adequate adequate resources, you know, that's gonna be part of us recovering from this pandemic. There's been tremendous pressure on people. There's been social isolation. You know, those things take, or they need mental health resources as well. Absolutely right. And, you know, I know you have a lot going on right now as, as mayor of Puyallup with the fires in your region. So we will let you go shortly. But, you know, before we do, I will just mention that on your website, you've been endorsed by dozens of individuals, leaders, organizations, some of them very, very prominent. What if you could talk about one or two that are especially meaningful to you? Boy, well, I will definitely say the firefighters. The firefighters has been very meaningful to me, um, and I really respect their work and what they do. And we're seeing, unfortunately, that work highlighted today and that they put their faith and trust in me is a huge source of pride and accomplishment for me. I mean, because I, I value that relationship very much. All, there's organizations like Planned Parenthood and NARAL. Those are great organizations. And I know that right now we have the r 90 going before the voters. And I will tell you as a victim of sexual assault, I am a full on advocate for that program, for, for the um, comprehensive sexual education. You, It's hard to not wonder, had this been introduced when I was in school, would I have been a better advocate for myself? Would I? And it's not a single issue for me. I mean, it's not a single incident. And giving, the education and having people have that voice and be able to stand up for themselves and know, you know, I just, I'm a very strong advocate for that. And that's when I first came on to council, it, um, it was coming off of an issue advocating um, for people that have been sexually abused. Uh, so Planned Parenthood is near and dear to my heart. I think that that's a, a I'm fully supportive of that issue. And I think that I'm very honored to have um, 
Attorney General Ferguson. That I have a lot of respect for him. I think he does an amazing job and that he was willing to put his endorsement behind my campaign is significant to me and it means a lot. Yeah, it's quite a feather in your cap. Um, it, yeah, and I would just encourage people to go to your website and check out your list of endorsements because it is profound. Uh, what is your URL for your campaign website? JulieDoor.org, O-R-G. Mayor Dorr, again, thank you. Thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing. I know that you're under a, a lot of stress right now, so we really appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you, and I, I am grateful for the indivisible support. Some of the people on this call have written postcards and done other things and made phone calls for me, and we can do this. We can take this seat, but we're gonna. it's going to take all hands on deck. So thank you. Thanks again to Mayor Julie Dorr. Thanks also to Kat Pipkin with the Washington Indivisible Network and Julie Anjievsky with Indivisible Tacoma. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Thanks this week to Catherine Fysiers. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.